namesake podcast listeners and watchers uh if you only listen right now we're also available on youtube uh you can go ahead and check us out at for foot's sake podcast on youtube and subscribe there if you want to stay up to date we would really appreciate it uh we have a lot to talk about today it's been a busy couple weeks uh most of all uh barcelona have some manager changes we'll definitely talk about that and we're going to talk about some of the crazy uh match results that have been happening in the premier league uh so let's get right into it all right, we're going to start this week, guys, with uh, kind of where we left off last week. We did a we were guessing who was going to get fired first, and we have our answer a couple weeks later. And it's Ronald Koeman of FC Barcelona. I want to go ahead and do my little personal celebration. Um, uh, yeah, so the Barcelona B coach is going to take uh, take over on an interim basis. His name is Sergi Barwan um, until Javi, their club legend, can come and take over as uh, as head coach. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, it uh, looks like it's going to be the beginning of the Javi era now. That's interesting. Um, so I'm just thinking about it. Um, in one way, it worked out when they appointed Pep Guardiola from what, what was he, the uh, B, um, Barcelona youth team or B right. manager? Mm-hmm. They appointed him, and it just seemed like everything fell into place. Yeah. But then you see him with other clubs like a Chelsea where – Things kind of worked out, at least for a season, and then right. halfway through the next season, things fell apart. Then, of course, Pirlo at uh, Juventus. Right, yeah. So how do you think this is going to go? I mean, in Xavi, he knows Barcelona inside and out. He knows exactly. the quote-unquote Barcelona way. Yeah. That's the only reason I think it could possibly end up well. In, in theory, uh, hiring a, a coach who's been coaching in Qatar the past couple of years isn't generally what you want to hear. Um, but it, when it's when it's Javi, a club legend who knows the the in and outs of the club so well, um, I'm definitely willing to give him a chance. Uh, and I think they're they'll give him a chance just because of their personal relationship with him. And I hope they don't. Hopefully, they don't kick him out too early if they don't get the results right away because they're uh, they're going to need a lot of work. He has a, a lot of work ahead of him if he uh, when he does take over that position. And I think that's kind of a question where experience comes into play because an experienced manager kind of knows how to be like, okay, let's focus on the basics, you know, get the defense together, then exactly. you build on that. And I don't know how he's done in Qatar. No, no I don't, no offense, not following I think Qatar his Qatari side is pretty good, but I mean, we don't really know what really that says. That it doesn't really translate to the league. Exactly, because yeah. it's just, you know what I'm saying, this is top level football where you know, I've, I've seen it in the Premier League all the time. A manager gets fired. They bring in someone like a Sam Allardyce, for example, who just focuses <laughs> on those things. Yeah, and yeah. they kind of build on it. And it's just this is a different situation. This is a a weird one for, for as long as I've seen a Barcelona in ninth place. And it's just, yeah, how do you kind of get things going? I mean, that's. That'll be interesting to see how things play out. Yeah. I mean, a, a successful campaign for Barcelona at this point in the season is with the start that they've had would be just getting in the top four. I think that's all you can really ask of an interim or, or Xavi coming in at the last minute. Um, but the top three right now in La Liga, Real Sociedad, who have not been on top for a, for a long time. Um, Real Madrid and Sevilla, uh, only separated by three points at the top there. Um, let's see. Well, let's just go through and see what each one of these top three teams can can improve on because they're obviously all having great campaigns. Uh, Real Sociedad has a great uh, offensive lineup. We talked about it a little bit last week, but we both love Isak a lot and, and Ori Thabal. Adnan Yanazai from um, That's uh, right. Manchester United and a couple other clubs um, has actually flourished pretty well there. Um, 
but really defensively, I feel like is where is where they need a little bit of help. Lynn Ormond is maybe one notable um, defender that they have who's pretty consistent. But if they want to keep that top spot, um, you know, I would say defense would probably be the place to go. Well, what about Real Madrid? Uh, how how's their defense? Because it seems, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the attack, especially with Kareem Benzema, who's like in the form of his life at the moment. Yeah, and Vinicius Jr. has really come on to uh, to his responsibilities at Real too. So I, so, I think attacking wise, they're pretty good. Yeah. So how about their defense? And then mid, well, because I know they've got the, the midfield's a little aged. I know it's aging, but they have like the likes of uh, who's it was Federico Valverde mm-hmm. and Camavinga. So how's yeah. he? How's he shown? Uh, I've, has he uh, Vinga hasn't gotten a lot of time to be honest so far under Ancelotti. I mean, which, I know he's young anyway. He's young, and it's his first time in the league, so that, that's no surprise. Valverde is going to slot in no problem when when Modric and and Cruz get out of there. So I know that's probably something that they have to think about at some point because yeah. they're not they're not getting any younger. Defensively, though, I'm not convinced about their center back pairing of of Nacho and uh, uh, Militao. Well, first of all, Militao isn't he a left back right originally? Uh, right yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, right back. He plays center back, with the same was what Alaba's been doing. He was technically a left back, but they've been playing him a lot as center back too. So, if I had to pick again, I might have to go defensively again with Real Madrid as far as uh, where they could improve. Gotcha. Yeah. Sevilla. Now, as long as they can hold on to Jules Koundé, is very solid defensively and always conceded uh, seven goals so far this season. That's impressive. What's um, he? What's he play? Because because I, I I've seen him as. Um, He's what five ten, and he's playing as a center back. He's a yeah. He's probably one of the smallest center backs out there. But man, he's got a lot of clubs circling around him. Obviously, Chelsea have been on him, have his eye on him. Javi has uh, noted that he's interested in him too. Um, so yeah, defensively, I think they might be set. Goals is where I see them struggling a little bit this season. Who's there? Is uh, Lopetegui still in charge? He is. Yeah, oh, Lopetegui. Yeah, I mean he's done a good job with them. They're sitting in third. Um, you know, but when you have strikers like. Uh, Rafa Mir, I think, is their big guy, and it's you know no disrespect to him. He's he's gotten some goals, but they could use some firepower up front if they want to if they want to stay in this position going forward. Uh, going over to the Premier League real quick, it has been a hell of a week for Chelsea. Uh, not only did they win three nil against Newcastle, it was a good second half performance there, um, but also Manchester City lost two nil to Crystal Palace, and Liverpool drew two two at Brighton. Um, so. Drop points for the other two top teams, and Chelsea sit uh, alone at the top. Yep. And for Chelsea, what are strikers? Yeah, yeah. Injuries to uh, to Lukaku and Werner, and still getting three nil. Uh, well, their wingbacks are doing all the work for them. Wingbacks and center backs somehow come up with goals, and then the midfield trickling. So it's just the goals are coming from everywhere but the front line, and I'll take it for the time being. Yeah, it just means once our strikers actually start clicking. Goals galore, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And what happened to City in that 2-0 loss to, to Crystal Palace? That was a wild one. You know what? Pep Guardiola, he always he has those like weird anomaly games in him. Like <laughs> yeah. where some like Laporte getting sent off. First of all, I, I don't know why he was acting surprised about the sending off. That was yeah. that was essentially a football rugby tackle. About like, as obvious as it gets. Yeah. But you know, it's just those little things. It's he has those matches where just something falls apart. And then, you know, Crystal Palace, credit to him. I mean, again, I've been a fan of Patrick Vieira. I'm just it, respect to how you think about the path he's gone along, and now he's got a Premier League team, especially yeah. one that's kind of gone through like a, an immediate change mm-hmm. with you know in terms of players and of course management. Credit to him, and, and that's a big win for him. Yeah, huge. Oh, let's go to uh, real quick. I want to get your opinion on Rudiger's uh, contract situation. 
he's like a he's you know in the last year of his contract and holding out to be one of the top earners uh, at Chelsea. Where there's been interest from Real Madrid and a couple other big clubs. Um, so in this situation, are you are do you side on let's pay him the money because he's been in fantastic form and keep one of our top defenders or if he's giving you problems, let him go and go with the Kunde or Delict, some of the other names they've, that have been thrown out. To be honest with you, I kind of let him go. I mean, he's, huh? he's, he's a good defender, and it's just one of those moments where I think you just need to cash in. Um, what is he, 28? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not bad, but it's just my concern is it just seems like if Tuchel goes, are we still going to get that same Rudiger by any chance? That's true. Yeah. And with Under that Frank being, Lampard, he was non-existent. Yeah, exactly. And with that being said, I think, you know, you've got Trevor Chalaba, you know, I think he's ready to kind of, I'm get, I'll say this probably the end of the season, he'll probably be ready to take on more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you got Andres Christensen, who looks like he's finally kind of just grown into form. Mm-hmm. So honestly... I think we'd be okay. I mean, yeah, I'd like to for, for him to stay around, but at the same time, this kind of reminds me of the Willian situation. Granted, Willian was a little a lot older. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, looking forward, great defender, but, you yeah. know, I think we could afford to lose him. Yeah. And out of the uh, the names that have been thrown out there, we don't know this for sure, but out of um, Kunde and Delict, is you have a favorite that, for a replacement? If Kunde is sounding as good as people are saying, I... I I'd take him. Give it a shot. Why not? I mean, it seems like he's versatile, too, from what I'm hearing. He can play as, like, a wing back if need be. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what, you know, a lot of footballers need in their locker nowadays, that versatility. You can't just be, yeah. you know, restricted to one position. So, I mean, if that's the case, why not? And then he's got eight, he's got an age on his side. So, yeah, that's a good it's point. time to settle into the Premier League, time to keep growing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, parting ways with Rudiger. I'd be okay with it. I'm not, you know, we shouldn't let, and no club should let any player hold him hostage in yeah. terms of wages. He is a cult Chelsea fan. Everyone in the club loves that guy because of the uh, the dark arts, as the NBC guys like to call it. Uh, you know, I love it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, if Madrid are willing to, you know, any opportunity for us to fleece Madrid, I will take it any day. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it with Hazard stinking up the show over there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if the same thing were to happen, I'd, I'd love every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about West Ham real quick. They had a big four uh, nil or four one win against uh, Aston Villa this past weekend, um, but they sit at fourth right now in the Premier League table, level on points with City at twenty. And uh, it looks like David Moyes, after some trouble uh, leaving Everton, has finally found a, a club that fits him really well. I guess so. I mean, he went to United, which, to be fair, I'll say he kind of walked into like an aging squad that you know. Just lost a legendary coach. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just that was regardless of who got that job, I think they were just kind of kind of walk into like a terrible situation. But, you know, he, he we, we saw how that played out. Then I think he went to Spain. He went to Sociedad for he did. Yeah, that didn't work out. And Not then so it just I guess I think he, he went down with Sunderland as well. He did. I yeah. mean, it sounds it like he was on a bad run, but then he gets to West Ham and it just seems like his his career got reignited and, and and good for him and good for West Ham too. And I think they've got like what a Czech billionaire who's getting ready to. There's been yeah, there's been talk of some uh, financial backing coming from them too. So I mean, it's happy times for West Ham and credit to da- uh, David Moyes. It seems like it just kind of reminds me of, like the vintage his vintage Everton days. 
Yeah, yeah, that was really when he was at his best. The one thing I can't figure out about him is that he plays the exact same starting 11 every single game, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but the starting 11, he plays pretty much every match, Fabianski in goal, uh, Cresswell, Agbana, Zuma, and either Johnson or Sufal if he's uh, healthy. Yeah, that's right. He did pick up an injury. He did. Uh, Suchek and Rice, Bowen, Benrama, and Four Niles, and Antonio up front. Those guys play in and out uh, with the exception of the Euro- Europa League's midweek. They're they're pretty much the squad every single Premier League game. Is that uh, Obviously, it builds a lot of team cohesion, which is good, but is it does it make you too predictable as a team? Uh, I see where you're getting at, and um, at the same time, I'm, I, I, I kind of fall into the camp of, hey, if it isn't broke, don't, um, don't fix it. Yeah, if it's working. Yeah. But um, yeah, but with the predictability, I see what you're saying because I mean, if you go up against a savvy enough manager who's not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, <laughs> yeah, they could probably come up with a plan to say, all right, this is how we need to line up and you know take care of someone like an Antonio, um, and any other threat they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, since you mentioned Solskjaer, it seems like we do that every week now. But um, since the last episode we had, obviously, I guess you saw Manchester United lost 5-0 to Liverpool, um, which is just unacceptable from Manchester United uh, point of view. They gave Ole uh, supposedly three games to save his job. Uh, it would be the Tottenham game that he did win 3-0. Um, then uh, co- upcoming is Manchester City and Chelsea, which are three really tough games. Um is he going to get away with it again like we talked about last week where he just wins enough games? Or is this finally the time where we get to say, all right, this guy's out for good? Uh, you know what? It's we, we, how many? I've lost count of how many times we've been here. Almost every episode we have to talk about. <laughs> it's just, you know, how, you know, he, he, he's on the, you know, his back's against the wall. This is it. And somehow, some way he goes on that magical run. But I think somewhere along, along the way, this, it's got to come to an end because. Yeah. So they beat a woeful Tottenham side this weekend. Let's. Let's be yeah, honest. And they really are struggling. And then they've got Atalanta midweek Champions League, who they barely who they like came back and beat. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure they've got that fresh in their minds and they're gonna be up for it. Yeah. Then you've got a Man City side, you know, before the international break, who just lost to Crystal Palace. So Pep Guardiola's gonna want to make a point. Oh yeah. So I mean, these aren't easy matches. And it's just I think those two matches, if he doesn't do well, I think I wouldn't say he's going to get sacked, but I think there will probably be grumblings during that international break because you look what happened in the last one. Watford, they did their business. They were like, okay, yeah. um, whoever the poor guy was, who was their manager, he got sacked. They bring in Rainieri. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, and that's the thing, you know, I, I think I've heard talks that, you know, they want to keep Ollie around because he's a quote unquote nice guy. Everyone gets along with them, but it's like, look, this keep is, him as a club ambassador then. Well, yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> yeah. that's a perfect role for him. But yeah. it's just, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Look, this is Manchester United, not a summer camp where exactly. you want to keep everyone happy. I mean, right. they're supposed to be competing. That's and he, what, he yeah. tried to three at the back this week and it worked like against, like we said, a really struggling Tottenham team. But, uh, man, I don't see him doing very well against the the tactical minds of Guardiola and Tuchel coming up. Exactly. And yeah. then on top of that, you know, I'll, I'll just say this, if Man United keep them, they just made the, they just made the top four race open, you know, the for, for fourth <laughs> spot. Cause I mean, you look at the yeah. table, it's wide open. It really is. Yeah. West Ham, Arsenal, even Brighton and Everton, Leicester all up there. It's, it's up for grabs just to go real quickly to uh, Germany. Uh, I guess you guys saw Bayern lost 5-0, got knocked out of the German Cup by Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, really shocking performance. When I saw the score, I had to assume that they had 
put in their B side for the for the cup matches, but they started their you know their top guys, the Lewandowskis, the Sanes, Kimmich, um, and got whopped five nil. Uh, Diot Obamecano had a partic- uh, particularly horrible game. I mean, even the, the announcers were just ragging on him the whole time. After his big money move from Leipzig, um, him and Sule were the young defenders who are supposed to be carrying on Byron's uh, defensive legacy after Boateng and all the older uh, people left. But, um, man, their defense is struggling. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a strange one. But at the same time, I mean, how many players have you seen come from the other clubs in the Bundesliga to Bayern and not do so well? And yeah. at the same time, you look at Bayern, they've got to be going through some weird transition period because, I mean, you've got, although Lewandowski is, what, 33 still able to score goals? Mm-hmm. I mean, he can probably can probably get away with that for another, well, I think he's got a contract uh, dispute. Um, Talks coming up, right? Yeah, okay. In the next couple of years, I think he does. Yeah. So, and then you've got Thomas Mueller. I mean, as good as he is. Yeah. And, and, and who else in there is kind of up there in age? You can't really count the goalkeeper. But yeah, it's just, yeah. it seems like they, you know, they've got the pieces in there. But I think, I don't know. It's a strange one. And they're, just, they're they have they can't figure out what their back four is. Pretty, I mean, Davies pretty much has left back locked down, but um. Like the two center backs are struggling. Sometimes they play Pavard as a center back. They play Lucas really? Hernandez as a center back, and they're both wing backs. Uh, yeah, you see them both play center back sometimes. So I, I just feel like he Nagelsmann's trying things, trying to figure out what his back four is, and, and he just still can't quite figure it out. I'm surprised. I'm really okay. He went for Opa Makano. I'm surprised he didn't just go for Kanate and just, you know, I don't know, just yeah. take both of his former players. Yeah, there you go. But then again, I mean, you know, that's why it's so hard. It's, it's just why it's. So hard to be be interested in the Bundesliga. Somehow everything yeah. goes to Bayern, and it's like, well, that's, that's not why it. you like to see him lose five 0 every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, even if it was just a cup, which, like I said, I was surprised too. I'm thinking, you know, that maybe they had, like you said, a B side because that's how they do in the Premier League. They usually up until probably the later stages, mm-hmm. you kind of have like full, uh, you know, your full first eleven. Yeah. Over under. Well, speaking of West Ham, I mean, I think you just got to give it to them. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, who really would have seen? I mean, to be fair, they look like they've kind of been making like steady progress. Well, no, there was a point where they looked like they were kind of like out of sorts. But the, credit to them. They've, they've done well. And then, yeah, so as far as an under goes, um, I might have to go with Everton, honestly. With the squad they have, did you see? Uh, okay, so the other week they were up like two nil on Watford, yeah. <laughs> and Watford came back and won like five two or something. Watford is not a strong side, and I know their Everton is missing Calvert Lewin, who's mm-hmm. like their main goal scorer. Um, but it seems like man, with with his absence, they look really lost and unable to score goals for the most part. Yeah, that's that is a big loss because you know Calvert Lewin, he's a big physical presence. You mm-hmm. know, it makes life difficult for for defenders and. Um, well, too bad they're not like Chelsea, where they've got everyone else scoring goals. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that is you know I agree with that because they should you know to a degree you almost want to say Leicester, but at the same time they kind of had a bad start with injuries. But then again, they mm-hmm. went up against an Arsenal side who are a little patchy. I'm not going to say they're terrible because on paper they have an okay squad. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I think both of them kind of have to fall into that category. It was a great 2-0 uh, win for Arsenal over the weekend, too, over um, Leicester. 
I'll give credit one more time to the guy who was uh, uh, kind of bashing at the beginning of the season. Aaron Ramsdale had like a save of the season contender on a, I believe it was a free kick or something. I think a lot of people are eating their words on Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, man, I, mean, I mean, it seems like he's just been a good fit. I mean, didn't know he could play out the back like that, for one. Yeah. And then, of course, the saves. I mean, that's impressive. But, you know, so like I said, with this top four race being open, and then I know none of us really factored Arsenal being up there, but sure, with yeah. United being... Or West Ham, for that matter. So who do you realistically think could lock down that fourth spot? I mean, it's just it's really up for grabs unless not to be not to be making fun of Ole. As long as he's in charge. It's that up. really do. You're right, though. I mean, that really changes everything. With Manchester United squad, if they have a coach who can get the best out of that squad, they're easily yeah, yeah. above the rest of those teams. But if, if they stay in this current form, I mean, any anyone can beat them on the right day. But, you know, you look at Arsenal, I mean, could you really say they they could potentially do it? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. They'd have to get the best performances out of uh, uh, Obama, Yang, and, and Lacazette, who are very patchy as, as goal scorers. But uh, overall, that's Arsenal. That's the story of Arsenal altogether. I mean, that's they've fair. got good players. But Their young just... players are, are really saving them. The Saka and the Smith-Rows are, man, they've really they've really helped Arsenal. But that's the problem with banking on youth. You're not going to get that consistency. You know, they're still yeah. learning, and, and that's going to be the problem. I mean... That's one thing they don't have a lot of at all, is is a lot of experience. They have a pretty young team, don't they? So that's, you know, yeah. I think that's going to be a strike against them, but it, it, that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how that plays out. You know, will United say, okay, Ollie, you've done your job. We're going after an Antonio Conte. And then, like you said, that's just going to change. That'll, you know, hey, United will lock that down. Or could West Ham just keep their run going? Or somehow could Brighton keep going? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And there's a, there's a whole new uh, section of coaches on the hot seat we talked about a little bit uh, last yeah. week. And uh all right, I'm going to interject a little bit on this conversation because things have actually changed a little bit uh, since we've had it. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is out as Tottenham manager. Uh, he's going to be replaced by Antonio Conte, uh, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, he had a lot of contract demands, and with Daniel Levy and the board, it's always a little bit iffy as to whether that deal was going to get done, but they got it done really fast. Uh, Antonio Conte is in. Uh, obviously, previously winning the Scudetto at um, Inter Milan, and before that with Chelsea winning the Premier League title, so it's definitely going to add a little bit more flavor to those uh, to those London derbies. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot more in uh, weeks to come, but I just wanted to keep you guys updated. All right, let's get back to the conversation. But uh, we we're also talking about um, Dean Smith of Aston Villa having a bit of a slump. Yeah, that's a straight. Well, let's see. I mean, I think we all knew as soon as they lost Jack Grealish, you know, life was going to be diff- difficult because that's just that's, a, you know, you lose a player like that. That's that's difficult to replace. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and no offense when it's an Aston Villa that you loses a player like that. You really are. I wouldn't say in trouble. It's just it's going to be a struggle to kind of move on. And you, you, I mean, granted, to be fair, they they spent the money wisely. Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, who kind of has health issues, you know, it's it's keeping him healthy. And who else did they buy with him? Oh yeah, Emmy Buendia. So uh-huh. they made some smart buys, but it's just again, you know, you lose someone like a Jack Grealish, yeah, you're gonna struggle, yeah. All right, that does it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, As always, you can send us some questions. Our email is forfootsakepod at gmail.com. We want to get a uh, Q&A session going with you guys. And you can also leave us a comment um, on Instagram and Facebook at forfootsakepod. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for watching again, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.